Kind of Funny Live 2 is happening May 28th and 29th. It's a two-day event. The first day is going to be a completely ridiculous stage show. What we have planned this year completely blows last year out of the water. And I don't even know how that's possible because we were really stupid last year. And this year's somehow even stupider. Day two, it's going to be full day of meet and greets. We're hanging out with, with all of us. A bunch of Rooster Teeth people are there. Funhouse people are there. Achievement Hunter. It's going to be a grand old time. There's going to be some games to play. There's going to be signings. It's gonna just, it's exciting. It's a really fun time. There's going to be exclusive merch. Oh, yeah. There's definitely going to be exclusive merch. Go to kindoffunny.com slash tickets to get your tickets today. There's a couple VIP tickets still available, so make sure if you want one of those, you act fast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 68 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm your host, Tim Geddes, joined by one half of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. And Portillo wearing a t-shirt. Right. He's On Conor Greg Live, we said I didn't want him to put him in this shirt. I was going to give it to the audience mm-hmm. and then call him, put him in the shirt. And I've just been wearing the shirt all day. So one of the people on Conor Greg Live who wins the prize box will get a shirt worn by Portillo. Oh, straight off of his back. Right. You his can clone Portillo. And his front, his whole entire body's kind of covered by that thing. He is a sausage in a sausage casing. I enjoy it. Yeah. I, like, no, dude, he likes clothes. I just didn't want to be a poser. This is an Adventure Time shirt that yeah, I don't know the reference not to. Not necessarily your thing. So it's like, I don't really want to push him into something he's not comfortable doing. Somebody on the street's going to talk to him like, oh, you love Adventure Time? You and love he'll, that? He'll do that whole life? You uh, love that dog? I think that's in Adventure Time. And Portillo's going to be like, I don't know what you're saying. Do you watch Adventure Time ever? Nope. Like, have you ever I've seen, seen it? I've seen it once in a pizzeria. I was mm. at Comic-Con. It was on in a pizzeria, and I looked up. So you didn't hear it. You just saw it. I think I might have heard it. They might have had it mm. up loud enough that you could hear it. I've never seen an episode. Okay. Seems like something I'd like. Yeah, it's, but you're busy, man. You're an adult now. Weird. You're an adult man now. Yeah. You have this show to host. But I want to watch. I want to watch Adventure Time at some point in my life. We should yeah. sit down. We should make time. a date out of it. Well, I think before this, I'd have to see Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is another show that I was told that I would really enjoy, and I, had, yeah. I never really watched it. Kevin forced me to watch the first three episodes. Yeah. First episode, I'm like. I mean, it has funny moments, yeah. but like, I don't understand why. Well, people... plus, it's just Kevin's trying to make you do something, so you immediately don't want don't, to do it. Exactly. I understand 100%. First episode, I was like, all right, it's funny, but like, I wouldn't want to keep watching. Episode two, I'm like, all right, I, I get what they're going at. And mm-hmm. three by three, I'm like, this is great. I haven't I mean, watched any sense, yeah. but I get it. Those guys are good guys. They're doing God's work out yeah. there. So, what's up with Colin? He's not here. He's sick. He is sick. He's got a sore throat. One half of the coolest cough. dudes in video games. But I'm the bigger half of the, the half, so I'm, I'm cool. Like I'm big, I'm the bigger half of the whole. Like physically or like sure emotionally, but that too. Okay, well I, way, I am a deep well of emotions. I know that Colin is a puddle, just anger, oh. seething anger right below the surface. That's Colin. Uh huh. I have a range. He's Sometimes recovering. I am angry. I hope he recovers. Sometimes soon. I'm happy. I'm sure he'll be back by. Who we find that Pax Pox week. man? That Pax Pox Pox Pax. Yeah, Pox Pax. Yeah, Pax Plague. That's a thing. Whatever you want to call plague. it. I like that. The you like Pax Plague better? Yeah, a pox on both your houses. Yeah, that sounds too like freaking too weird. Shakespearean. You don't Shakespeare-y. like that. Yeah, and it reminds me of chicken pox, and that was the whole thing. When we were did you young. ever have chicken pox? Yes, I did. Me too. Me, Kevin, and my brother got it together. Oh, that's cool. It was. Did your parents do the thing where it was like one of you I had it, so they they like, let's to. put them together? Not on purpose, but you, you were know? always together. It happened, and they ran with it. I'm pretty sure by now they claimed that they did it on purpose. Of course, but it's by like, the time they didn't know what they were doing. You didn't do shit. Yeah, we were just there. Sure, playing with each other's genitals. That's how you get chicken pox, right? Nope. No. That's how you get chlamydia. We. You know, sexually it might not be a diseases. cause and effect, but we were playing with each other's genitals, got chicken pox. So, is that a real story? Parts of that are no, we weren't. No, 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 no. We did used to take baths together, though. Sure, so. that I understand. Yeah, three of us, three of us in one little bathtub. That was back when Kevin was could fit in normal a size. Yeah, before he became he a little tiny little dude. 
but uh before he was mid veruca salt transformation <laughs> <laughs> this is games cast where every week we get together to talk about video games and all the shit that we love about them you can get it early on patreon.com slash kind of funny games alongside a whole plethora of goodies related to kind of funny games uh you get the show early you get exclusive episodes of this show usually they're worth a dollar sometimes they're not but i usually will they let you are. know if they're not um otherwise youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can watch these all for free later than most people would like them people complaining in the comments are like hey this is late all right buy it on patreon it won't be late it's not late it's, for our patreon sp- yeah, supporters so, and subscribers yeah. i love everyone though you guys not to mention great. that you do a good job of keeping the topics i try i try and then, then every once in a while there's a situation the where nintendo controller the nintendo top well nintendo control every time we talk about nintendo there's an issue because last time we did the controller, the day we put it out, then, um, you know, it's denounced that the yeah, room was yeah. fake. I thought it was still great discussion, though. So we're like, fuck it, we're still putting it up. And then yesterday, as of this recording, a topic goes up that's NX rumors, completely not talking oh. about all the major NX stuff that Interesting, that interesting. But it's interesting. okay, we're going to talk about it now. Yeah. That's a great segment Because nothing one. more will change from here on out. Absolutely There's not. no way they can change what they've said Mm-mm. about the NX. It's out there. Zelda. Yeah. We use 2016. Before we get there, I want to give a shout out. Speaking of the Patreon stuff, we're kind of in a weird... It was a good segue, but I don't, now I need to You're go You're doing back. fine. You're doing fine. You're um, still good. Patreon shout producer. Shout out to Steven Insler. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. I believe you it are. sounds right. Steven Insler. He's a Patreon supporter. He's a Patreon producer because mm. he went to patreon.com slash kind of funny games supporter there. Making the show happen. And I really appreciate it. I, get, I like his name because I get to look at it all the time on the calendars because yeah. you put it on this show. Sure. So for the last couple weeks, next couple weeks, I'm just looking at it. So there it is. There. So know. shout out to you, Steven Insler. Thank you. You are the wind beneath my wings and the shirt upon Portillo's back. No, this is Lucretia. You're my hero. Lucretia.com slash kind of funny. You're everything I could ever be. Like to be. I don't know the words. You don't know anything about it. I don't know words any songs. It's true. So, Greg, I want to talk about Nintendo. Sure. Big surprise to everyone. I know. You are the NX biggest fanboy. So, I'm going to throw some some facts at you. Sure. And then I want to get your feedback. You got it. Me and Colin talked a bit on Colin Colin and about this. We're going to get deeper into the whole thing, but I want to hear what you have to say. You got it. The facts are. NX, not going to be at E3 this year. Going to be released 2017 in the month of March. Zelda, delayed, also going to be on NX. Presumably a launch title. Um, Nintendo, not doing well. Big, big issues. They're down 61% in profits. That's not good. They're selling their stock in the Mariners. To what extent, we don't know, but they are. Trying to figure all that out. We use ceasing production by March 2018. Their holiday season is abysmal this year. This year is abysmal. This year, yeah. This year. Because they're done. Absolutely. Zelda is. was what you were holding on to for this year with the Wii U, and they're like, boop, no, see it ain't it happening. Next so year, yeah, buddy. The holiday season, not looking good, which, no, you know, something Nintendo fans are used to at this point. But this 2016, it's going to go down in history as the worst Nintendo year of all wow. time. Wow. For sure. I, I mean, I don't even think that's going to be questioned. Like, okay. that's absolutely true um and then fire emblem and animal crossing for mobile announced so there's there's some light in pokemon go i know this is part of go it. leaked footage yeah. came out and it looks very interesting very yeah. cool yeah and pokemon's red blue and yellow's virtual console sales numbers came out and They're over 1.5 million Damn. which is great for virtual console titles sure and, you know downloadable stuff so i think that that's a good message to nintendo of what the people want um Baby Metal Mario Maker DLC came out. Baby Metal, of course, the classic 
I think J-pop. I want to say J-pop uh, band. That's the little girls doing death metal. Okay. Oh, Greg, you don't know Sorry. about this? No, no. I thought, you don't I know thought, about baby metal. I thought it was baby. You said baby metal Mario Maker. So I was thinking it was just baby Mario. Little Mario and the, oh, the metal Mario. Yeah, no. Like they gave you Mario the, DLC. I mean, this is the it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, it went viral. Like the, a, a video went viral in the States maybe two years ago. But they're a huge deal. It's like this group of like three nine to 13 year old girls. Okay. And they just do heavy metal shit. Nice. But in like a J-pop format. Okay. Um, so very colorful. Uh, I mean, no, because it's heavy metal. But it's like it'll be heavy metal, like it really intense, and then the chorus comes, and then it turns into like ah, uh, okay, 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 yeah, and it's Ryan Clements style, car. exactly. Okay. It's okay. very Ryan Clements. Um, so that's great. And then ten million people have signed up for Mitomo. So ten million people have used it. Yeah, yeah. It feels like that one burst pretty quick. I know that many people used it. How many people are still using it other than Mike Trucker? I get the mic. I mean, that, that's my thing. Is like, there's not 10 million people still using it. Sure. I, Numbers I, are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not, not trying I, to take away I'm, from it. I am shocked by how many posts I see daily from my Twitter feed of people. Well, people still people using MMO. Yeah. And it's not just like two people. It's like 10 people, which I don't follow that many people. So that's a pretty good percentage of okay. it. Okay. Um, I'm not using it daily. I can tell you that much. Did you ever use it? Did you download yeah, it? I, okay. For the first couple days I used it and I was like, I, this is, it's not enough of a distraction. And it's like, I'd like to use it on planes and stuff, but then you need internet access, mm. so it, it ruins it. So anyways, back to the real shit. Back NX, to the real shit, everybody. NX stuff, E3 yeah. news. Yeah. What's your whole take on this? Um, For me, the entire situation has been awkward. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like it seemed like such a no-brainer that we've been talking about it forever, that here we go, E3, Nintendo's big coming out party, they're going to come out, they're going to show you the NX, explain it, and it'll be out this fall. Having it moved to March doesn't bewilder me that much, but then like how they're coming out so early, I guess in the, I, that's me trying to put E3 further back than it is, really, so it's not that early, but getting out ahead of the messaging, I guess, and explaining ahead of time that, no, NX won't be there, E3 is Zelda. They, you know what I mean? Like, E3 is going to be Zelda. That's what we're there to pitch. That's like, or sell. It's like, hmm, that's a cool in one sense of like, I can't wait to see Zelda. Everything we've seen for the new Zelda looks awesome. But it's bewildering in the sense of, is that all your show? Like, well, what? So that's oh, the thing. So, to elaborate on that a bit, Zelda is going to be the only playable Nintendo game at E3. That is crazy. Like, is. in an, in an, in an E3 where we are seeing it radically change leading up to it, where you're seeing Activision peel off and EA peel off and all these uh, companies make a point of saying they're not going to now have Nintendo go and be like, we're going to have one playable game there. That is fucking crazy. Because mm-hmm. even if you are, like we're always talking about, right? Like you hope that what's happening with the NX and the Wii U's, you know, uh, lineup is that the Wii U was already, you know, dwindling off and now we have more solid numbers and timelines and now we know where NX is. The hope was that cool, we're going to see Wii U die this year, but at E3, you're going to come out and you're going to be like, here's your Metroid game, here's this game, all these games, here's your true 3D Mario, all the things you thought you were going to get on Wii U, at some point we saw the numbers, we saw the writing on the wall, took those projects and put them into the NX silo. Mm-hmm. So we are flush with NX games, it's going to be amazing. There was that you know rumor we talked about on Conor Greg Live, and I think maybe that last week last. on the Gamescast, yeah, yeah, yes. where it was like they were talking about the lineup that they had, and mm-hmm. how many NX games were supposed to be coming, and all these different things. Which is super exciting. I'm excited for the NX. And I don't mean I'm going to buy it day one. I don't mean that. 
I'm excited because it's going to be cool. And what I, I'm excited to know what it is and how Nintendo rebounds from the Wii U and what their messaging is. And mm-hmm. it's very much why I'm so intrigued right now with uh, PlayStation Neo, right? Like, how do you come out and sell this? How do you come out and say why you need this? And for Nintendo, the messaging has to be completely different of like, it's got to be, you assume, hat in hand PlayStation 4 thing where it's like, PlayStation 3 was hard to program for, and we kind of got our ass kicked for it for a long time, and we're sorry. This is a high-powered PC. It's very easy for you to bring your games over. Indie devs want to work with you. Da, da, da. you know, they, they said all the right things at that PlayStation 4 launch event. And so you figure, I figured, Nintendo had to come out and say that as well. And I still think they do at some point. But to not do it at E3, to do E3 and only show one game, to, to do E3, only have one game playable, and announce that it's delayed till next year, it's... It's so awkward. The entire thing is yeah. so... And have it like... And I know I talked to you a little bit about it uh, yesterday when the news broke. I was just like, for me, it was out of the blue. I I, you know, I would have expected, we're going to tell you the launch date. We're going to tell you when Zelda's happening. We're going to tell you all these different things. I would have expected that to be a direct. I would have expected there to be cryptic tweets of like, this is what's about to happen. Everybody get excited. And the fact that they didn't do it as a get hype moment felt made it be feel very, very much like a weird corporate restructuring. Like this mm-hmm. isn't Nintendo's usually so good at speaking to you, speaking to the Nintendo fan, making you, you guys so excited and enthralled with what they're doing. And this one seemed like it was very much like, all right, we're in the boardroom and here's what we like. I'm, yeah. I'm talking to you from the Nintendo podium of yep. what's happening and where we are as a company. Yeah. I don't know why you left me. I have this trash over here. You should have got, I got rid of that. People are watching this right now. They're horrified. Oh, They're disgusted. Trash show. Trash show. <sighs> uh, so it's just been for me an awkward thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, where you're, where's your head? You're this Nintendo fan. Yeah, I, so- I, you were like, Going through all the stages, it felt like. And like at one point, you were like, I'm accepting of it now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's difficult for me to talk about because I am a fan boy of all of this yeah. stuff. I, I want this to succeed. I, I put a tweet out yesterday that was saying it's just like, I, I don't understand the desire to just hate on all of this and to like, that's the internet. Out, I, I know, but like to call out all of the, like, everything doing wrong. In my opinion, it's like, like, the, I'm not in denial. Like, that's the thing is I'm not in denial of where Nintendo is or has been the last yeah. couple of years. I get it. When they do something right, I want to celebrate it because I enjoy it. You know, yeah. when they release Star Fox Zero, I'm going to say that I'm not happy with it. When they release Smash Bros or uh, Mario 3D World or Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Mario Kart, Mario, Mario Maker, Mario, all Mario these Kart, amazing Mario games. Maker, I'm going to be like, hell yeah. When they release something good that's not for me, Splatoon, I'm going to say that. This yeah. is good. Not for me. You know, it's like I, I feel like I have a, a fairly level head when it comes to I can I can be critical of them I'm not just gonna completely everything's a rubber stamp for do. you yeah so I I did I also did not expect all this information to come out like I knew that they're doing their financial report thing Nintendo always does this sure. and what they do it is never consistent sometimes we've seen them announce games usually smaller games sometimes we've seen them not announce anything just give numbers sometimes we've seen them come out and announce I think uh, the 3ds at some point was first talked about um at the at a financial or maybe it was the new 3ds it was one of the at the financial thing so it's like no there's no guarantees of what you're getting in. sure but every single time neogaf explodes with hype nintendo has something unique about it unlike any other dev publisher the uh, console maker anything where anytime a nintendo announcement's coming the internet explodes with we're getting F-Zero, we're getting Star Fox, we're getting Metroid, we're getting this, Megatons left and right. As like, an outsider, the thing is, and I, I speak as an outsider, and I speak for you as a fanboy, 
we want Nintendo to succeed. I want NX to be awesome. I want there to be the Metroid game. All the Metroid fans have been waiting for the Mario game. I'd love to play like the Zelda, you know, the Zelda game that is ported over and is better on uh, NX and all these different things. I want them to succeed. And it's one of those things where it's very much to, you know, draw the parallels. It's very much like when we were going into PSX and we're like, are we going to get crashed? Clearly they're going to announce name changes. We're going to see Sony Ben's game. Da, 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 da. And then when we got there and it, none of that happened and you're like, well, what the, what the fuck is going on? Why is it not going the way we thought it was? This seemed like this is how it was going to be like E3. when I was like for PlayStation, I'm like, there's going to be 20 minutes on PlayStation VR. And there was two and a half. Mm-hmm. It's, you get into these things where you, we all start talking about things in such a way like we talked about Fallout 4, but the opposite, where, where Fallout 4 panned out the exact way we said it was yeah. going to be that they were going to do it at E3 and it would be out that year. You get in, you're into your head that like, of course, we, uh, we've said it, this podcast has said it, this journalist is saying, everyone is saying NX will be talked about at E3 and it'll be the big thing, da, 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 da. And so you get in and like, that's the right move. That's mm-hmm. the way it should be. This is the way Nintendo should do this. And then when they come out and they're like, that's not at all what we're doing you're left with well what the fuck like yeah. that does why are you doing something that is so why are you doing the opposite of something so obvious and then you know that's classic nintendo like that's what they do is it's like you you've, everyone feels like they have the answer and then nintendo does something totally different and you know recently that has been the wrong decision seemingly yeah you know or like pretty much for sure like that yeah they have made the wrong choices um with the whole e3 thing with all of this i i'm right there with you we've talked on countless podcasts about nintendo's going to come out at e3 the question wasn't, are they? The question was, are they going to have a um, a direct or a press conference? Sure. We've talked about that so many times. So the fact that they're just not even going to talk about NX there, definitely a shock. Um, having said that, a couple days ago, I was talking to Kevin and I was just like, I can't believe we are weeks away from the NX announcement, the reveal of all of it. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, we've heard rumors for so long, but like, it just seems a little close to like get that much information, especially with where we're at with the Wii U and all of this. So when I first heard all this, I was like, oh, man, like this sucks. I was looking forward to E3 so much for this. And now I'm still looking forward to E3. But like the thing that I was waiting for. Is yeah, not yeah. Be your mega ton announcement. But it's like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, business wise, like this might be the only way Nintendo can succeed. I don't think this means Nintendo will succeed, but I think that they are setting themselves up. So at least there's a possibility. You know, they're being stubborn by staying in the the console space. I truly believe that. I wish they'd go and just make games for Xbox and PlayStation, but they're not. They're making a console. So fuck you, Steam. With that being a fact, you know, they're sticking with it. I, me as a fan, I'm looking like, all right, how can this succeed? How can this work? And I think that they need to let the the Wii U die. And everyone's going to say, oh, the Wii U is already dead. It's not though. Like as long as there's people that are. Um, talking about like the complaining about Zelda, like Nintendo fucking them over for putting Zelda on the other thing. They've been waiting for it here and delaying yeah. it and all this stuff. It's like, as long as that's happening, the Wii U's not dead. Like the Wii U is still something that people care about. People still are waiting for certain games on it. So it's not dead. And I think that Nintendo's making a smart call by pretty much just nosediving the thing and giving space mm. to then make an announcement and to have that direct. I think if they were to have done the direct yesterday, they'd have nothing to show. And that's the problem. Like, I liked that this was at a business financial thing and that like all the boring shit, all the bad news is coming out now. It's coming out in a way that's it's before E3, whatever. You know, of course, yesterday the internet was as recording this 
a buzz with all of this and everyone having their opinions. But then E3 is going to happen. Everyone's going to be talking about the PS4.5, the Xbox 1.5, all the new games, all this stuff. Right. It's just like, and then whatever they think of Zelda. Um, give that some space. And then sometime later this year, they confirmed that uh, Nintendo's new president confirmed that there's going to be an event. And they're going going to announce the features, price, software at launch, and other details by the end of the year. So I'm like, okay, thinking about all of that, we're, we're targeting March here. That means that we're going to get a launch lineup. And when you think about the the teams that haven't released games in a long time, like the the teams that worked on Mario 3D World, Mario Kart 8, um, Retro, making Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, they haven't made games since 2014. Like that's a long time. They've ago. had a lot of time. Yeah. They're doing something, obviously. And when you look at the what's been happening on the Wii U in the last couple of years, Smash Bros. notwithstanding, which probably will be ported over, um, there hasn't been much going on. And it was it's either the their big games like Mario Maker or things like Star Fox or um, the Mario Tennis game or Animal Crossing, which are all the spinoff games. And even they were not given the level of polish that Nintendo is usually known for. Sure. And it's like, why is this all happening? And it's kind of embarrassing. You know, it's kind of bad. And as a Nintendo fan, I, the one thing I can stand on is that Nintendo games are amazing. So when they release ones that aren't, it's like, hey, shit, you right? Know, like, I don't even have that. And I hate that Star Fox was caught as a casualty in this because I love Star Fox so much. But like with the other stuff, I'm like, all right, cool. This is necessary to kill the Wii U. You know? I, my and again, like I'm not the business guy. Obviously, ne- neither you. You you have to imagine Nintendo ran a million scenarios and where they are and da da da. I just feel like the Wii U. You're talking about nose diving it this year, right? And, not, and I'm not even trying to. I'm not at all trying to be insulting to the Wii U. It's already been on its way out. We've yeah. already been saying all these different things, and I feel like the messaging could have been so different if it was E3. Here's NX. It's out this fall and it's time to, you know, Zelda's hitting at the same time on both units. Die. There wouldn't be so much anger as right now there's this anger. And I, and I, honestly, I think a lot of the anger is the usual internet hyperbole, just like you're seeing with PlayStation 4.5. Oh, this is a middle finger to us. They're fucking us over. Dada is like, well, how often are you playing your Wii U? Like, and then don't get me wrong. There are definitely plenty of people out there who yeah. are really into Wii U, but there's other people who are like, that sucks. I bought a Wii U. I've had a Wii U and that's why I've been leaving it plugged in. And it's like, what do you care? It's still you'd still get the game there if you want it that way, and if you're gonna buy the next, you're gonna buy. It. But what I'm saying is, if there could have just been that three month layover of like, okay, cool, the Wii U's riding off into the sunset into the NX, whereas now there seems like there's this whole half a year, a little bit more, nine months, yeah. where it's like, all right, like. I, now I feel screwed or whatever. I feel like I can't be excited for it for another nine months. It's going to be nine months of, mm-hmm. or honestly, I guess more like six, probably more like five, getting your face rubbed in how bad everything is right now. And there's nothing to play on this unit. You really were a champion of, and you were talking about, but there's no good news until that, an- yeah. that event comes out. And even the event though, is going to be marred by, can we trust them? Can they keep this up? This is what they've been trying to do forever is have all these games that, you know, Nintendo fan wants and Nintendo fans want. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't panned out that way, especially with the Wii U. So how can we look at them now and be like, well, they're going to get it right this time. I mean, I, so I guess where I stand with that is that's what I wanted, right? That's what we've been talking about forever. And I feel like I, there is a change now where I believe in this plan that they have in that. I think that that is too soon. I feel like the, the nose, I, it's the space thing. I do think that, Letting it die and Nintendo taking a step back, working behind the scenes, planning exactly what they're going to do at an event that they completely control. They're going to be the focus of it entirely and coming out and being like, this is the NX. This is how powerful it is. And again, this is all assuming of course, the NX is what course. we want it to be. 
But that's what I'm going to, I'm going to keep going down that path. I'm going to keep wa- believing that this is a good thing. They're going to come out, give all this good news. Here's the launch lineup. Here are the games you want. Here are games that aren't launched, but are going to be coming throughout the year. You know, here is the plan. And I think that that will be better served at it as its own thing down the line. I think that we need to get our faces rubbed in the dirt. For, but my my counter argument that is that haven't you already been doing that? Hasn't that been this entire generation? But but that's I think but there's a difference to me between living it and not having it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. saying I, I I don't want like I don't think it needs to be like a crossfade. Like it can't be like that. It needs to be more just like it's done. Here's something new. We have, yeah yeah the phoenix rises from the ashes. Yeah, kind of it's thing. not so much just uh, like a, oh seamless transition. Like we we understand we were bad. Let's let's here's a, a fresh like restart yeah i guess that's my thing is i don't want it to be a restart i want it to be just a total new start total new push yeah. this is a totally new thing this isn't the continuation of the we use cycle this is that cycle is done this is new sure that you makes know? sense it's just that we get into the situation then of let's say it's five months from now until the announcement event mm-hmm. where it's five months in I the way people are talking about this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I read the stories, but you, know, I, you, you, I want to. The way people are talking about it, it's almost sounds like yeah, like Wii U and Nintendo are kind of hibernating, mm-hmm. and that's weird to evacuate the space in a way that are there going? Am I going? Are we going to be talking about any positive stuff, or is it just going to be editorials and angry tweets and this, that, and the other? Are they gonna? Are there gonna be more amiibos out to yep. fill this gap? And so, whole, so that my my whole thing on that is. I going with my whole stance on this. I do think it's even weird that Nintendo's going to be at E3 with Zelda. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it would have made more of a statement for them to just be like, we're not at E3. We're not showing anything like them showing Zelda is to me kind of a, a half step move where they're not doing the full thing plan that I'm talking about where they're, they are still going to be like, well, the Wii U is still a thing. And I wish they would just be like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'll get it when you get it. But like, we're not even going to. Um, and to talk about E3 for a minute, like Nintendo historically at E3 has always had one of the most sought after booths. It's definitely one of the like the attention grabbers. If you're at the show, you go to that booth at some point and there is always lines and they always have the must play game. As again, that's that's the biggest thing to hit on as again, as an outsider to the Nintendo fandom, right? Nintendo is the one that you make a point to get to to go play the games. If it's Smash, if it's Kart, if mm-hmm. it's Mario Maker, if it, they always have a game to play. Whereas like PlayStation and Xbox is generally like, oh, ho- like last year, holy shit, they announced Horizon. I can't wait to go behind. I mean, you don't even have to go behind closed doors. You're like, whatever. I'll somebody will tell me about it after they've seen. I saw the presentation on yep. stage. I don't need to do that because I know I don't get to play. Granted, the PlayStation booth has dozens of playable games on it but they're always smaller things you're not mm-hmm. playing uncharted on the floor you're not playing this on the, or the horizon on the floor but nintendo is like here are big games and they're playable come yep. play them nintendo's booth it's is the funnest booth it that's a good way to put it and it, i think that it's always uh, it has it has a, a setup and a format that it has where it has the one big game if it's smash bros then there's going to be a shit ton of kiosks of smash bros right, right. um back in the day it was skyward sword there was so many Skyward Swords. There's always that one big game. And then there'll be the second tier game, like a Mario Maker, where there'll be like a smaller section dedicated to it. But it usually has like some big um, like 
statue or something and like it, it's it's a little bit more gimmicky last year was Star Fox Zero where it's like you can get in the R-Wing and you can play then they have just a bunch of single tiny little kiosks that most of them aren't even playable it's just showing trailers of their 3DS games or their other Wii U games the the party games or the spinoffs or the whatever so I'm not too upset about at least what they're doing at E3 because having Zelda and then that doesn't mean like Zelda's playable. This is the only playable game. They're going to show a whole bunch of trailers. They're probably going to still have a direct that does talk about oh, sure. the other stuff happening because Pokemon Sun and Moon still coming out on 3DS. So 3DS is all looking all right in 2016. Definitely not good. I mean, actually, I'd even probably say it's looking pretty bad, but it has a couple shining graces there. Wii U, fucked. Wii U has this year um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. A million selling. It'll sell millions of units. <sighs> I mean, and it... it uh, I know. Whatever. Um, Then it has the Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem game, which that, I mean, it's, it's kind of set up to fail in the sense that it is not necessarily for either of those audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, It's for really hardcore JRPG people. And that's like not what the Wii U needs right now. Um, And what am I missing? Oh, a Paper Mario. There's going to be a Paper Mario game, which the jury's kind of out on of Paper Mario is that perfect level of title of is this just going to get the star fox zero sure like sure. um mario tennis treatment where it's going to be an okay paper mario game because my money's on that you know like that's just a total let's ride out the wii u and just give them shit type scenario um whereas you look at what's not coming out and you're like well that's nx you hope sure you know? exactly and, that, and see then that's the thing is like it plants that seed of doubt when it's like, well, this is obviously what they should do and what they're doing. And then they come out and they don't do that. Yeah. Like, well, what does that mean? Does that really mean that like, you know, is there go- not going to be a Metroid game? Like mm-hmm. Reggie made the point, right? Of like, we know the, the game you want or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so is that not going to happen now? What does, you know, what does that look like? There is a moment that we are going towards and that moment will decide everything. And that moment is when they have their event. Yeah. Their event is their direct or the press conference, make whatever break. it is, it's the make or break moment. And that is going to really, for me, decide where I stand on this whole thing because there is a right and wrong way for them to do it. All the stuff that's happening so far, I don't think is so black and white. I think that it's gray and it's all business. It's all whatever. That I think will be the moment of there's no going back. Um, and that, that will just doom them completely. Uh, I, In terms of Nintendo having absolutely no holiday lineup, like, damn, that sucks. You know, fuck, that really does suck. Um, them not having the NX out in time for the holidays. Whoa. As a look historically, that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's the thing is we're looking at the, the 4.5 and the 1.5 and we're just like, there's so much shit going on for Nintendo to just not be there during the holidays. Shocking. You know, a console launch in March. It's unprecedented. But I also think that we're at an unprecedented point in video games. Things are just different now. Yeah. No, like March isn't so much a dead month as it used to be. Games come out then. People buy games. And that's the whole point, too, is that it literally is. We always talk about that first half of the year where, sure, things get pushed to it. Games come out then. But we talk about things like Dying Light, right? That got a huge boon. And even Far Cry Primal, which did really well and continued to chart for a long time because 
there really isn't anything else. We're getting ramped up for your yeah. Uncharted's and your Gears, but we're not there yet. So yeah, if you can come out and you can put out something in March that is exciting and mm-hmm. interesting, and it launches with a great Mario and it launches with a great Zelda, yeah, you're, it is a different ball game. Suddenly, I do have money totally. to throw around. It, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game, and I I think that when you you think back to the the consoles that have launched in March, they're usually like handhelds or March area. You know, we're talking Vita. We're yeah, talking Vita came out February. We're talking, like it's like eh, it doesn't look too great, but this is this is something different, and I guess going back to it, what you're talking about of them coming out of E3, having their their games in November, we've seen that, and it was the Wii U, and it launched with new Super Mario Bros. and Nintendo Land. Yeah, and that's and but that, then, that's on them, right? I know, I know. Ha- yeah, I know, I know. But and then there was months and months and months, and then Pikmin three, yeah, and then you know whatever. This way, it's like, is it ideal? Is it exactly what I want? No, but in my heart, is it what you need? I hope and I believe that. They're not launching in November because if they did, it would only be Zelda. Sure. And it would be another Wii launch, you know, sure. um, without a Wii Sports even. And that's not good. Yeah. Going to March, based on the rumors we heard from Emily Rogers last week, mm-hmm. like, they're if those are true, they want to have a stellar lineup and a stellar year and then like all these plans. I love it's It's similar to the Fallout thing for me where Fallout was announced at E3 and came out and we had three months to be hyped about it. If they came out at E3 and announced all this shit and then announced March, they didn't announce November because they knew it wasn't going to be ready and they told us all this stuff. Yeah. Then we're, we'd be wait, talking about these games in these trailers Great for point. nine months. And it's like, that's not good. It's just interesting to see a company know that they're going to take such lumps. They're going to take such hits. They're going to take, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about from PR enthusiast press, not to even mention the money they're not making off of this. It's, it's fascinating to see him like, all right, batting down the hatches. Like it's going to be rough waters for the next six months, f- five months until we get to this point and give somebody something to be excited about. But cause it, I can, j- I just can't imagine when we walk onto the E3 show floor and you look at their booth and it's three dozen TVs playing Zelda. Is that what it's going to but be? See, th- that's the thing is like, I, I can that's what they do. Like what I'm saying is like, but no, they do that, but they do. I mean, they do it. And it's usually a couple different things. I know we've talked about like the lineup and the B tier and that, and the, but you look over there and there's so many fun things to play and come back and play. And I don't know. Cause that was always the thing with cart and with smash and whatever you, every God, when that's E3 when smash was there, you guys kept leaving the booth to go play smash. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's when you come through, you play th- once and you're done and for a linear demo kind of thing. And yeah, but uh, I remember when going back to it, like when Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword took over majority of the playable things, like to the point that it being the only thing I am not saying is not crazy. Yeah. But I also don't think it's a bad move necessarily or that different than what Nintendo's done. Just historically looking at it, there always has been just a couple games and it's like, all right, cool. We're not getting the Mario Maker this time. All right. Whatever. Sure. sure. And uh, I remember the Skyward Sword line was hell along because it is a linear game and it does. It's not Smash Bros where every two minutes people are cycling in. It's a 30 minute demo. So it's like even if there is 20 of them, there's still going to be a line. Good point. Good point. A ton of people trying to play it. Um, And I I, I get that I'm at the point now where I'm like trying to just make this a better scenario. No, you're making you're making a good point. It's just it's. Just weird and not in a weird totally in a bad weird. way because there's definitely been games that are just this one thing at a, at E3, but for Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. For Nintendo to do it is it seems weird. Yeah, but no, no I I, it's, I just it's they're ready to take their lumps, and yep. that's some just something you don't see companies usually do. And they need to they like they need to just get hit in the face. They need to take it and they need to they come need back to get angry. Strong. Yeah, come back and, and it's really like, strong at this event. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. If at this event they come out and they're like, here's all this awesome stuff, and at that point, I mean, let's. 
predict this. I think that it'll happen in September or October. They'll do their event. That gives us a handful of months until March. People I can even see November after Black, well, not again, not after Black Friday, but the week before Thanksgiving would make sense still to do it and get people maybe, maybe hype. Even. You go talk about it to your family about it, remind them that they had a Nintendo Wii U or da, da, da. yeah, because it's this weird thing of like when do you do and when do you not get lost in the shuffle in terms of wh- where it's happening. And what's yeah, happening. I mean, my problem with that. When was uh, the Ninten- when was the PlayStation one for January, right? No, that was the the February was the announce event of like, hey, come here, we're announcing the next thing, and it was we announced PlayStation Four. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm confusing. I, that you are 100 percent correct. I was confusing the one I went to in New York where we played all the games in the hotel. Oh, forget that it. Was That's different. completely different. That You're was right. like the launch. Yep, thing, yep, right? yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, so for me, I think in I don't want to get too close to the review season of games like getting constantly reviewed. So that's like the one thing where. Well, that's why I think coming after them is not a bad idea. If you mm-hmm. wait, you know, I mean, you wait it out that long, you're on the other side of them generally. No, there's yeah. always going to be hangers on, but it feels like, like, look at last year, right? AAA began with Metal Gear at the beginning of September, and then it yep. just rolled on through. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's always going to be something. And I, I mean, I don't think there's a, there's no, you figure when you start talking about big AAA releases and you're talking about fall releases, right? I'm thinking about Gears, I'm thinking about Horizon, even though maybe that gets delayed, but. No matter what game I'm putting on the plate right now that would be coming up this fall, no. It, first off, they space them out usually. They try yeah, their best yeah. to avoid each other. And so even if you had it where Gears came out that week and you did your Nintendo press conference, like it's not going to hurt Nintendo. Nothing, oh, yeah, yeah, no. They, they can do this whenever they yeah, want, yeah. and it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think it's good. I think that it's, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of talk about hopefully uh, a lot of games. Hopefully not all at launch either. Like I hope that we do hear about the launch and we hear about the, the the next year because, you know, you can't. Everyone's talking about oh yeah, launching with the Mario, Metroid, and Zelda, and it's like oh shit. Like well, then what do you have? Exactly. You know what I exactly. mean? So I don't even know if it's necessarily a good idea to do that. Uh, maybe two out of three. You know, but then and give us the third. Just tell us it's going to be off the fall game or whatever. But that's right? and that's the big thing though, and that's what it comes down to is just like. How do you do that and not immediately people? Well, you said Zelda was going to come out here too. You said this was going to come. You said you people said Pikmin was in the launch window, and the launch window went on for so many months. Yeah, like that's that's the kind of cachet they're burning in mm-hmm. terms of the goodwill, in terms of how much 100%. you believe. And I, I just think that there's no there's no answer to that. Sure, you know, life goes on, business happens, and people get burned, things get burned, and it's it's how not get good. Burned? It's not good, and people have every right to be upset about that. You know, it's just a matter of you have the right to be upset, but I mean. Do you want them to still making games? Like that's the thing. It's like, all right, this this happened. Sure. What are we gonna do about it? Um, I would l- want nothing more than for Nintendo to come out with a solid launch lineup, but not too extensive, just solid enough, but with not just a oh, 2016, this is coming, but be more like, and in March or so March this happens, in June this happens, in September this happens, in November this October, November, December, like bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? Yeah. If uh if Nintendo if it launched with the Zelda game, um, either Mario or Metroid, probably Mario. I think Mario is the better bet. I think you want to have a Mario um, launch. Right out the, like an g- amazing Mario game right out of launch. And then also promises of all these NX ports that we're talking, or Wii U ports that we're talking about, Smash and Mario Maker and um, Splatoon potentially. Pepper those in as just like little things and just like create a stellar year of giving people reasons, not just to buy the Wii U, but to keep, or the NX, but to keep playing the NX. I think that is the key. To make it not just be something that just collects dust. Sure. Um, in in terms of good things that they're doing, and like, yeah, they are just going to be silent. That's going to be weird for like half a year of like, what, what's people going to even cover Nintendo? What's the difference between that and the last three years? You know, 
Um, I think that I'd rather them have nothing to talk about than just bad things. Sure. You know? Um, and I'm, but I I'm do, mm, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying. And I'm excited about the, the announcement of Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. Like, I feel like this is getting completely overshadowed by the NX thing, obviously, but this is what we wanted. This is what we talked about on Gamescast months ago when we were talking about the incoming announcement mobile stuff. of mobile stuff. And we talked about Animal Crossing firing them. Those would be fucking awesome. Um, the day we see a Mario on mobile, that's going to be like the game changer, right? Sure. But like, everyone will hate it. I, I like that they're leading with this, though. I like that they're leading with Fire Emblem would be fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing talking about w- connecting it with the, the other versions, that's great. Yeah. Um. So we had Mitomo to kind of just get in there, and everyone was upset about it, but then people did like it. Now here's the real games. I'm like, oh shit. Like, they're, they didn't need to do this. You know what I mean? It could have been more Mitomos. Sure. Forever. It could have been endless runners forever. But, yeah, but they're yeah. making games that are, Things that people actually want, and I think that moving that that direction is good because Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are two key 3DS portable franchises. And what does that say about what Nintendo's doing now with their strategy? Mm-hmm. You know, in 2006, we saw them come out, and I think that's right, and announce the new the the, the triangle of the the DS and the GBA and the the Wii. And it was a big moment for them to come back and revitalize who they are, what they are, and what they're trying to do. And I think this is another chance for them to have a similar comeback where it's like, here's what we're doing. It's going to be way harder. There's going to be way more doubters and way more people that aren't on board. But I think that they're setting themselves up so that there's a possibility possibility they'll succeed. And I'm really excited for it. And until that event happens and lets me down, I'm just going to pretend that it's not going to. Yeah, I don't. It's just so bewildering and weird. It's awkward. Because it's just, I question everything then. I'm like, well, is the NX going to be this machine I play on the controller? Like we've talked about before, this take and go thing. Because if they're putting the real games onto mobile now, what's the point of trying to launch this thing that's a hybrid system between yeah. your television and your controller slash screen? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's... And that's why I'm fascinated. And just like everybody else, I want them to succeed. I want them to come out and be like, here's the NX. And I'm like, holy shit, what a great idea. Yeah. What a great launch lineup. Of course I'm buying this. I mean, that's the thing. I've been thinking about it so much, man. Like, because I don't know what I want from this system. Like, the more I think about... Like, we've been talking about hybrid. The more I think about it, I'm like, I don't necessarily know that I want that. Because there's no way, unless, like, it's something that I can't even fathom. But I can't believe that that would be the case of making something that a console and portable can work hand in hand playing the same games. And I all hear that. It's like, I don't know if like, that's even what I want. Yeah. That sounds great. What I do know I want is I want a console experience that uh, I want smartphone games that are awesome. And I want a console experience where all the amazing talented devs that are working on um, 3ds games and the talented devs that worked on Wii U games are now working together to create awesome games. That sounds fucking awesome to me. Yeah. So I'm super sold on that in terms of the, the NX. They, they keep saying that it's not, a successor to the 3DS, and it's not a successor to the Wii U. Or it's not merely a successor to the Wii U. It's not merely a successor. What's that mean? I don't know. It, it makes it sound like it's, like it's a hybrid. And, you know, Nintendo has proven over and over again that, like, Nintendo does gimmicks, right? Yeah. Always. They've been known forever they do gimmicks. But gimmicks were only gimmicks until they turn into innovation. You know? Like, innovation is just a gimmick that succeeded. Sure. So, I hope... You know that we have another analog stick on our hands. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I don't. We think about it in such binary terms of like, okay, it's going to be this um, 
uh, dual system, right? It's going to be the split thing. It's going to be the shared universe. So, But how would I run uh, the new Zelda on, on the TV version and on a handheld version? What like there, If there's that kind of parity, if there's that kind of connection, I don't think we're imagining it correctly in terms of what I'm doing on my controller. Mm-hmm. If it is just certain dungeons or this or how you know and i mean i like i'm not wrapping my head around it even there correctly and i don't want it to just be don't get me wrong like it's like the dreamcast fucking i'm walking around my little uh, what the vmu and i'm you know playing some stupid ass game for it or i like i want it to be cool and i think it could be but how is cool what it is is that even really what they're doing who knows yeah exactly that's a splendid talk rick I love talking to you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to move on to topic. I'm moving on. Rascal Flats. Topic three. What? I'm going to split that one into two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because we went, we went long on that. How long did we go for? 44 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I got, my, so. I got one. You know how Dan broke my ribs. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking my. of Dan breaking your ribs, topic three, PAX. Hey. We went to PAX East yeah. 2016. We did. Making a note here. 44 minutes. Okay. Good job. Good job. Um, we went to PAX East, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was very different for us. It was very different for us. It was uh, the most unique PAX we've ever been to, I would I didn't say. see any games. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a lie, because I walked around at one point for one quick thing through the indie uh, mega booth area and all the things there. But yeah, it was a weird thing to go there and have it be our first PAX as strictly personalities. And what I mean by that is that when I was at IGN and I went to PAX, even last year when we were kind of funny and we went to PAX, we went and saw games and then reported back on the games and that's how it worked. Whereas this one was, I had multiple panels, we had signings, we had pop-ups in the Rooster Teeth booth, we had a party and that meant there was like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour gap between every, every appointment, which did not mean that we could run to the show floor and go see what's new with Ark survival or run over and hey, what's happening with Y2K right now. Keep me updated. And that wasn't possible, mm-hmm. which was weird because I remember you know, the old days of being at IGN and you'd see YouTubers or whoever you want to host, not even like G4 people who would come and do that kind of stuff and not see games. And I was like, oh man, what a, what a peculiar world they live in. And now we are knee deep in that world. It was yeah. really weird. Yeah, it is weird. Cause you know, back when we were at IGN, I being a video producer would usually follow someone like you around and you'd go play the game and then we'd, you'd play a whole bunch of games. We'd walk off to just like the, some random side thing and then shoot a bunch of videos of what'd you think of this game? What'd you think of that game? And right. Kind of right, right, right. Just too quick. That was the content pieces. we made. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I never got to play too many games when I, when I did that, I, I play more games now than I used to. Um, so it's, that's been an interesting shift for me, but yeah, it's cool where we just get to kind of, especially now with the rooster teeth booth, like now that we're with rooster teeth, they have their, the let's play, um, booth, which allows us to have a place to meet fans and have sell merch and have a stage for us to, you know, yeah, sell merch and, you know, do talk shows to people. and stuff, yeah, talk yeah. to people and meet so many people. Not have it be how it used to be at the old days of like, all right, well, cool. Meet me by the snack bar and we'll say, hey, and do it. We'll play Freedom Wars or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's cool because I got to hear about a whole bunch of new cool games from people that got to go yep. play them. And they were telling me about, I was like, what'd you play? And then they they explained everything. it. And that, that was what was hard to let go at this pack is the fact that I do love playing games and I love the, you know, PAX works, and if you've never made it to one, you got to go, is the fact that PAX works because it's a fan-driven show where the fan's passion shines through, but in that same vein, it's the 
indie devs that are there showing their game in their passion meets the fans passion you yeah. get this awesome experience mm-hmm. and so you know i made a point that one day where we did have two hours or not even i think 45 minutes whatever yeah. where i ran over from the rooster booth and i went over there and i ran up and down the aisles first off to touch base with the so many people emailed me you know i mean wanting us to see their game try to touch base with them not really see games as much as see people because I've we've been doing it. I've been doing it long enough. You've been doing it long enough that usually when somebody hits me up and I watch your trailer, I can tell right off the bat if it's a Greg game, if it's a Colin game, if it's yeah. a Tim game. I don't need to play it. Or I can see if it's got the quality, and that's when I can sit. Like you know, I keep going back and forth with like I showed it to you when we passed it, uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk because they were so busy. But we are Chicago. Oh yeah, is this awesome looking game that's like this narrative driven? It's gonna be thing totally one of the gone home like put yourself in their shoes kind of games in Chicago. And I was like, in Chicago, not my, the real Chicago, not suburbs on a corporate Glen Island, Chicago. And so like, I'm like, fuck, that game looks awesome. And I've been trying to make it work with us since GDC with them of seeing something and doing something. But that's the kind of connection you can make. And now that we run the business and have the company, it is that. All right, cool. Super Giant just announced Pyre and. Supergiant yeah. knows we love Supergiant and Supergiant's local and it's like cool their their line was capped the entire time I'm not going to go cut in front of people to play it I'm not going to I can work that out yeah. that at some point we'll get Greg and over Pyre here looks fucking awesome yeah Pyre looks amazing and that's the whole thing and then you know we ran over through the whole flight out there playing Axie Verge on Vita and landing and seeing Todd Hatton mm-hmm. talk to him and then Chasm's there and I'm Chasm. like I'm already sold on Chasm I don't need to play Chasm again Dan and it's this weird thing of you know I miss the days of I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know I did too many panels this year. I did too many things. And, you definitely did. And maybe <laughs> next year or next Pax Prom, I guess. What I'd like to do maybe is maybe I'll just block out three or four hours, and I'm like, that's my. Gameplay. I'm going over there and I'm running around and trying to play as much as I can because I know there is a sense of discovery over there and how it works. And you guys, obviously, if you're listening or watching this, understand it already in the way that Colin and I come home and champion a game and then you know about it. And it's like when we were at GDC and we were doing the indie night streaming, right? With like arena gods and all them. When we got that kid to 700 Twitter followers and he almost broke down in tears. He's like, it took me three years to get 300. Yeah. It's like that ability of being like, Oh, this is cool. Like it has a stamp of approval. I like, and I like being tastemakers on that level. And that's yeah, for the sure. cool part of the job. So I miss that but it wasn't i don't think i i missed it but i don't think i blew past it i think enough people reached out and i have enough demos and builds and stuff lined up that i think i know good stuff but clearly i missed things and yeah of course i mean there's so and that's the the cool thing is i remember my first packs years ago at this point maybe like four years ago the indie mega booth was it felt like a new thing still yeah it was small yeah now packs is the indie that's what it is yeah it, it was more bewildering we're like oh PlayStation has a giant booth here this year. Like yeah. that's totally not normal. It's awesome, cool. Glad you're here. But like usually, PlayStation's like, oh no, we're not, we're not going to be there. We're not that. doing anything. Yeah, no, and it, it was nice. It was cool to see to see how many booths there are, of how many different games, and like it's at the point now. There's so many, whether it's indie or AAA, they're everywhere. Sure. Um, and even older games, like it was cool seeing older. I say, wow. Um, Russian Clank. Sure. Games that are out. Floor. Yeah, games that are out. Yeah. Um, and it was cool seeing people have so much fun with it, and like seeing PlayStation put so much behind that game. I was right. like, oh, this deserves it. That's awesome. And you see, know? that's not, I think that's that them being uh, wise to how it works now. And the fact that it does that Ratchet and Clank for better or worse is coming up and maybe people aren't super stoked for yeah. it. Then it comes out and people are like, wait, people like us are talking about how great it is more. You guys, obviously I didn't play. I still haven't played talking about how amazing it is. And so then you get to a PAX and you do 
what you know, people are trying to book their VR appointments or whatever the app and we have time to kill and then you see your action clanky pop over and see like oh yeah. I, I know people have been talking this up I want to see what's up what's also cool about PAX is just this so it's such a community show and it's yeah. so cool that even older games have a, a new breath of life like I was walking by and I saw Gang Beast and crowded yep. people just having so much fun. I just popped in. Probably one of the only games I played at PAX. Game Beast. And had a shit ton of fun. Sure. Because people are just there to have fun. That's why it works. That's why PAX, you know, has always been my, I mean, since my first PAX, has been my favorite show. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at IGN when I first got there. Um, uh, Andre, who now does games, games playing. Yeah. Uh, he would go to PAX every year. And I, I say every year. I don't, and I forget how many PAX, how many PAX primes has there been? No idea. Exactly. Uh, but my, the first time I really, oh, there's something called PAX. What is that? And he was, he, he was going up to participate in the Mario Kart tournament and he came back and I was like, so how was he? He's like, oh, it was great. We did this. We did that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's awesome, man. And he's like, yeah, but I have to turn my badge around when we go there. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, people hate IGN there. The PAX people hate IGN. And I remember like, that was the moment of me. I'm like, I'm going to change that. Like I, and like you get there and it's like, Oh no, that was just him. Hyperbole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe he did have a bad experience at some point where somebody like, yeah. fuck you, IGN guy. I'm sure this happened, but it's always been great, but it's also been great because I go out of my way to make it great where mm-hmm. I love those shows in the point, like from playing fucking metal gear solid peace Walker, like, and having these pop-up meet and greets or whatever, like you go out of your way to meet up with the cool kids. And luckily enough, like all the people who care about us are cool kids. So they yeah, come no. to the panel and they go to the Rooster Teeth. I mean, such, such a good point, man. Like it, it was so fun to our, let's say at Rooster Teeth at our booth, we had a, like me and Nick had like a pop-up at like 2 PM. We'd be there early at like one, spending an hour just hanging out with people. And it's just, they're fucking cool people. Yeah. Like that's the, the best part about this whole thing is, being around people that have similar interests, which means we can have conversations about what do you like? Oh, I like this. I like that too. Have you tried this? No, I never heard of this. Cool. That's why oh, I was wow. talking about it for PAX. Like, you know, when I was growing up in the olden days, mm. there wasn't these things. There was Comic-Con, but like, you know, I would never go to Comic-Con out of the blue. Whereas like I've met so many people over the years at PAX conventions that do travel and came alone and now they have this and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's what I talk about in, or I talked about, I guess last year for kind of funny live in the packet, right? Where I'm like, if you're alone or you're just a group of two and you're waiting in line, turn to the other people and talk to them because mm-hmm. you have exact, you have a shared passion in the for kind of funny live. It's, you know, the kind of funny content, but packs the same way of like, you've traveled somewhere to see video games. Like even if you, you that person likes wow and you like Vita, like you can have a quick conversation, realize you're not c- compatible or whatever and bounce. <laughs> Whereas like, that's what it's is awesome about it. And what I'm talking about the, you know, that we didn't have, I'm like, I would have, f- if this had existed back then, I would have bent over backwards and worked every horrible job possible to get to it. Because mm. it is such a, I, we take it for granted, right? That totally. Our, our lives are toys. Our yeah. lives are, we're going to finish this. I'm in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry, but I want to finish these things to go play an unreleased video game right now, right? And I, all I can think about is that. Yep. No. And like, and then you come in and you're playing the same game and you and I just sit here and talk about it yeah. forever. And a normal person who works at an accounting job or, you know, works at this place, they walk in and have no one to share their passion with. Yep. And that's why you see the internet and communities and friend groups and friends lists and all these things expand and make so much sense but PAX is that all in real life and I think it's intimidating to go to one of these things and not know anybody or only have a few friends or go like I people are the kids we meet are so brave in the way of like oh yeah you know I'm 18 and we drove here we flew here and I was like fuck at 18, I remember it was a huge deal when like me and my dumb friends were like, let's go tonight to a downtown city uh, strip club yeah. in Chicago. And it we're was like, crazy. yeah, exactly. And like yeah. you were like planning crazy trips and there's the PAX 11, the kind of funny 11 of these 11 kind of funny fans oh, yeah. staying in one hotel room. It's yeah. like, you guys are awesome and insane. And I love that. And like, yeah. that's the passion. Like I always talk about, you know, when Colin 
isn't doing his call-in thing where he's like, oh, Greg's got such an ego and he needs the limelight. And he's being honest. He's saying like, I know Greg's passionate about going to these, right? I'm not passionate to go to these things to get recognized, to sign autographs. Dude. I'm passionate to go meet you guys and talk to the people who actually drive our content and make, because without you, then I... The story always went like a long time. I went to Catholic school. You might not know this about me. I don't tell many stories about Mm -hmm. myself. And somebody once described faith as a glass of water, right? When you're, when you're a little kid, the cup's small. So the water is easy to fill the glass and you're, Oh God, got it. No big deal. Right. But as you get older, the cup gets bigger and the water level is always changing in terms of what you have faith in. And I talk about it. Like when we're out, when we're here, and we're mad at each other about somebody said something, some fucking snide comment when we were on camera and like you didn't address it then, but you want to address it. And, you know, and there's all this dumb shit and like just the daily grind of making this and emails and this shit and everything's keeping you from playing fucking video games like you want, right? It's so easy to lose sight of why this is great, but then get out there and meet you guys and talk to you yeah. and shake your hand and give you a hug and like apology, right? Like, you know, this kid, you no, remember, oh, you, I, I'm you remember quite this, familiar. this motherfucker who on Twitter had his fucking mouth, mouth. his forever, his profile pic. And he finally changed it for me one day when I gave him too much shit, uh, year, like years of shit. Uh, like, you know, he was trying to meet up with me and, but you guys had already done your signing and I was getting ready to leave. And like, it's that thing. If he tweeted me, he's like, Hey, where are you? And I'm like, I'm literally about to walk out the front door. And he's like, can you wait? And I'm like, of course I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course I will wait here at the front door of PAX for you to come over. And he came over and he gave me this gift or whatever. And I didn't know that's what it was for, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, that's what the connection we have no, with sure. you guys. And it, it's, it's really crazy because I... I'm so similar to you in so many of those ways and different in others where like... You're sexy. I, You're uh, good looking. And I know it. Um, I would never... Like PAX isn't something that I'm like, I want to do that. Like that's not something that I'm like, that sounds fun. Just because to me, like outside of um, like being in it, I love us going. But I'm talking about like as a fan mm, mm. five years ago, right? Sure. Before I worked at IGN, the idea of traveling to a PAX and doing all that stuff, it is scary. Like I, like it's too overwhelming for me to even imagine going there by myself or even like just me and Alfredo to, to just yeah, go yeah. and do stuff. It's like, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to get into the parties. I wouldn't know, you know, how to find my way around the booths. What should I look for? Waiting in line, all that stuff. It's like, it's sound, it's overwhelming to the point of like, I, I wouldn't want to waste my time there and I would feel like going there not knowing exactly what to do would be just detrimental to the entire experience. Having said that, the the most similar thing I ever did was when I was 18, I went to the first, the Tone Def show, right. the Human 5 Mega show, where I, me and Alfredo and a bunch of people drove from SF to LA, which when I was, I think, 17 at the time, that was crazy. That was like the idea of like, I can't believe we're doing this. We're driving to a completely different city farther than we've ever I've ever been from my house. Uh, with a bunch of my friends and we're just going to watch this thing and then we get there and it's like we made so many friends everyone at that concert was there for the same reason mm-hmm. for the whole weekend we had fun together and like we created memories and friendships that all have forever yeah. you know and to see that happen at kind of funny live is just like it's so overwhelmingly like holy shit like this is a thing that's really 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 cool and then to see those same people at PAX East yep. across the country and it's like with these friendships, they bonded through. They bonded. You know, I bonded. Yeah, yeah. You know, I see people and I'm just like, hey, what's up? Like, it's at the point now where I'll walk up to people and be like, hey, and they're just like, holy shit, you're saying hi to me. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Of course like, I am. Yeah. I like, <laughs> there's well, nothing that's, I mean, special. About that's always this. the funny thing about like, you know, how people treat us, but then also how people treat uh, voice actors and developers. And I, you're talking about waiting in line and going to panels and stuff. And I've, you can, I've hosted so many PAX panels, right? And you can have a room that is, fill to the brim or the first three rows and those developers those voice actors are blown away and developers for sure are terrified to speak in front of you but they're so 
like I, you know, the video game speech, right? The video game or the game awards speech, right? Like that's their reality of busting their ass and breaking their backs and doing all these things and usually only getting you fucking suck. Why did you take this mode out? Why is it episodic? Da, 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 you know what I mean? All these different things. So to get there and have it be, yeah, if it's 20 people or 200 people or 2000 people telling them that they, you've connected with their, their, their product, their art, that's like crazy for them and voice actors especially right that are like so behind the scenes like not Mm -hmm. getting stopped in the streets kind of thing but like to go there and have it be a huge fucking deal that the voice of x is here right now talking to me answering my question they are like to see what they get out of it i always talk about it you know not a pax but similar experience when we did uh new york comic-con that year with the gta5 guys oh yeah and like we walked in there and that place went like they were like the fucking Beatles and yeah. I've never seen three grown men because it was all it was all you know all, all of them like get bigger smiles and be so blown away and yeah. like um I am blanking on his name um uh Fontaine why can't I remember his name damn it Franklin yeah Franklin but uh, the actor's name Franklin's actor Sean Fa- Fontaine that sounds right Frank Franklin's actor, you know, like when it all happened, he turned around and he gave me his phone. He's like, Greg, please take pictures, please. Cause like he thought it was going to end and it yeah. was 15 minutes of pandemonium of people rushing the stage and giving them things to sign and da 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 da. Like I had to finally sit everyone down, but like that's their world too. In the yeah. same breath, right. Of like, they are like, you know, now Trevor's of course on walking dead or whatever. It's a little bit different. Steven Ogg. But like at that moment, like that was the, their holy crap. We've made something that people care about. And that's awesome. And I think that, you know, we just, it's awesome that the you know Twitter and social media and stuff allows people to get to know those guys, get yeah. to know the voice actors, get to know devs, get to know people in a way that years ago, yeah, right, like that totally wasn't the thing. Oh yeah, all. totally. The closest you get to understanding people in video games was whoever wrote an EGM. You know, what I mean? yeah, you're, yeah, you're looking you at a, that's a why picture I, of someone's face. In that's a why circle. I idolize you for so long. You know, because that's all you had. Like you can connect to that person. Um, now you can connect to all these people. But there's something about PAX that just it's positive. You know, it's like the, the good comments on the internet. Yeah, no, they're all in a room, though. And that's the thing is, yes, and that's my faith analogy, right? Of like, it's you, the negativity and your own stress and all the dumb shit knocks the water level down in that cup. But then to go there and have people freak out to meet you because they enjoy your work, that's what fills it all up. And you come back, I come back recharged, ready to go and ready to be whatever I need to be for people. And the reason I do so many panels is because I want to be there for everybody. I want to be able to, I want to try to touch everyone who wants to be touched I'm, tr- I'm trying to get franklin's actor's name because i feel like an asshole yeah no i mean that that's such a good point and like it's so funny that the the just raw passion that people have to be positive at these shows yeah. is very inspiring to me um even it's just misguided um positivity sometimes like something i thought was really funny was we did our uh the kind of funny party yeah at, at pax east and it was kind of funny the hitman party so right. it was a square party and you know, people don't necessarily know all the inner workings of how all this stuff works. People hear Square, they think Final Fantasy. You know, that, that's Sean Fontano. I apologize. You were close. Sean. You I were was close. Um, you know, they think Final Fantasy, and it's just like there's not not everybody understands first party, second party, third party, right, right, like, right, right. exclusives, and all this stuff. So they hear Square, they think Final Fantasy. Um, we were at the Square party, and we had a amazing line of people waiting for us to say hi and take yeah. pictures and stuff, which was fucking awesome. Then there was this couple that came up. That was thanking us for making Final Fantasy, <laughs> and they were just You're like no how, problem. How excited and so passionate they are about the franchise and how much it means to them, and this and that. And like they were so just like blah 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 blah. They're like there wasn't even a moment to be like, yo, we didn't make that. Like whatever. 
But it's just like I just love that they didn't know who the fuck we were, right? But they wanted to thank us because they thought they we get were those it. They guys. get yeah, yeah. exactly. And they it, get it was it. just like it, that moment hit me where I was like, oh man, like I love that I'm just in a room with people that just want to be positive and just sure. want to be thankful and just exactly. want to enjoy the things that they enjoy. And that's why it works. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of like I would have gone to that in a heartbeat, knowing what it is. I I think maybe if if I'm 18 and I'm in Chicago and I pack starts and I don't know that I wouldn't go, but now knowing what I know, I would totally go. That's the thing. Honestly, I think a good way to wrap this up is if you have ever questioned if it's worth going to one of these events, go to it. Right. I think that you owe it to yourself to, to experience it and, and have that fun and do what Greg's saying. Everyone there is there just for the same reasons you are. Talk to them. Yeah, that's the, I mean, Say that's hi. the biggest thing. You're going to get in as much as you you put into it. Yeah. You're going to get out whatever you put in. So if you go there and you clam up, you know, talk to me, you're like, this sucks. I don't know why they were saying go there. But if you go there and it is, holy shit, you're, you're in a Metal Gear jacket. I love Metal Gear. What are you doing? You want to hang yep. out? Like, you can just say that because it's, <laughs> and I know that's intimidating, but I just come from the guy, like I always talk about when I went to Mizzou, then like that first weekend, my friends went away and I was just like knocking on doors. I'm like, I don't know anybody. You want to hang out? Like, I got nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So definitely, definitely give it a shot. And, you know, I know for a fact, all of you at least somewhat like kind of funny so you should come to kind of funny live too and and experience a bit of this this wasn't a whole ad for kind of funny live was it no it wasn't okay. but i mean it felt that <laughs> at the end now it does here's, feel that way i'm being my, very clear here's my thing i, I like natural transitions right. I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna not take I'm advantage just of saying this moment, to be clear Greg. that this was not the telegraph funny.com slash tickets we'll you can hang you out with your best friends there too and like It'll literally those people are literally there for one reason well, now some of them might like Bernie, but literally the rest of them are there for yeah. us. I, that's so funny. We're so good at our jobs that yeah. we don't even know when we're being good at our jobs. You, I think we're just bad at our jobs, but we fall into it. You know, I don't think that's possible. It's somewhere. I'm because sure. it's the same thing I was talking about on PSI. Love you. XOXO available mm-hmm. every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Where uh, <laughs> we Colin and I literally say nothing to each other about what's going to happen on that show. Yeah. But inevitably, there's all these like perfect Segways transitions and perfect things. things. And I'm like, I'll it's as it. if we planned this. And I assure you, we did not. I will run with that. All right. Pony, what's wrong? All right. So, topic four. As always. As always, brought to you by the Kind of Funny Forums. Go to kindoffunny.com slash topic to submit your topic, and we'll get to it. Just like we're about to do right now for my boy, Juju. That's J-O-O, J-O-O. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. I want to introduce my kid to gaming. Okay. What should I show them? To set them down the path of greatness. Oh, that's a big question. Right? I know, and it, it, it's I like this is another reason I'm glad I don't have kids because I never have to worry about this. You know what I mean? But kids bring this. The people this comes up a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I'm always, I don't know. It's you know your child better. You know what I mean? Like think about it this way, right? My gateway to gaming is Ghostbusters. That's what. I saw on the Toys R Us aisle. That's what got me a master system. That's what got me in the door. So I understand when people are like, I'm going to do all the consoles in order. and I'm going to have them play the Mario and Metro and this, that. And I'm like, I get that. And I understand that. But does that really speak to what your child would want? I don't think it's necessarily wrong that, well, my kid loves fucking Ninja Turtles. And you're like, well, what's the best Ninja Turtles game on the market right now? And you give them that to see if they like the buttons and they like what's happening and then start expanding the palette. Yeah. You know your child better than I do, believe it or not. 
And so I don't know his attention or his or her attention span or how it all works out that way. That's what gets weird. Mm. I don't think you can go. I like my initial reaction blanket. I don't know, kid. I would do the most recent Mario. Yes. That 3D world one. So right? so that's my thing. You're, you're nailing on the head. So the answer is Mario. Undeniably. I don't think I think there's a whole bunch of other things that could be. But I think Mario is the right answer. Um, then the question becomes, which one do you go with the modern one or you don't go with the original one? There's definitely a train of thought that is, oh, they need to know where things came from. I think that's the wrong train of thought. I think you need to work backwards for that. I think they will appreciate Mario 1 and Mario 3 and Mario World at some point if they get there. That's the setting them down the right path. Sure. I think Mario 3D World is actually a really great one because they can wrap their head around it pretty easily. And it's pretty and it's cute and it looks great. I would say Galaxy, but Galaxy, um, just the, it's a, little, a lot going on with the Galaxy is like a, and, is, and this sounds weird. Galaxy is like a video game. Like mm-hmm. there's things in there you like hopping and doing this and moving and trying to time, yeah. m- make jumps that I couldn't even make because I didn't, I the fucking perspective. Yeah. Whereas I think giving them a more normal, a modern Mario that has all the sensibilities of the Mario's we love works. Yep. And I think Mario 3D World, it's simple enough to like wrap your head around. Having said that, if you want to take that ultimate step and you really want to secure this ultimate step in there down the path of greatness, what you want to do is play Super Mario Galaxy. And you want to give them the second controller because the second controller can just do all the star bits. I remember that. I remember that. Um, I remember with Kevin's little brother back when he was three or four. Like this. So this was like his first video game experience. I was playing Galaxy because it had just came out and I was I was actually playing it. Gave him this control. He was shooting and stuff. He he loved it. Like he fell in love with playing, especially because he was playing with me. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a nice sense of just giving someone a controller and having them go is great. And that's definitely a special thing. But I think that the interaction, the co-opness, that's what people love about video games. And I think that if they're playing alone, you need to be right there cheering them on. Right. That's obvious. But when you're playing with them, in a co-op game specifically like Mario Galaxy, where it is a very simple thing that they're doing and everything you're doing looks impressive to them. And like when they do something, you're like, yeah, good job, whatever. That will get them hooked and addicted. Then as they grow up, they'll become Super Smash Bros. Masters. Okay. And it'll be awesome. Also, pat upon. Hmm. You think so? You think that's <laughs> Toss it? Right? Toss that's this the kid. answer? Toss go this three-year-old in there with the yeah, PSP. Yeah, I was thinking that or Final Fantasy VIII. Go for it. Final Fantasy VIII. I was 11. trying to Let's remember what online one. Why? I'm going to get eaten alive in the comments for this one. What is the fucking mech game I'm thinking? Original Xbox, the giant controller, the... Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. Give him Steel Battalion <laughs> and tell him, like, this is the pinnacle. Yeah. Gaming has never been or will ever be. And then they're going to be like, this sucked. I'm like, ah, oh, just kidding. Here's all yeah. this other Here's awesome shit. great. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Layman Elsa says, Else, Layman Else, with the success of Portal and Portal 2, but no announcement of Portal 3 in the works, why doesn't a smaller indie dev create a Portal clone akin to ukulele as to Banjo? Surely they can't have the, the rights to a game using Portals, and I would imagine it would sell 90% as well as an authentic Portal game if it was clearly a Portal clone. I think your numbers might be a bit off there. I don't think it'll sell 90% as well. I feel like there have been games um, that are similar. Um, the woman who left Portal after Portal 1 quantum something like that i'm almost there where you you oh i remember the flash drives that they gave out i'm going to the google but there the answer is yes there have been some yeah and it's a hard formula to nail and you and you i don't think you like that one it was all you were changing uh properties of things too like taking a chair turning it into a cloud then doing different stuff like that so it wasn't exactly the same but it was exactly the same in a way 
But the problem with Portillo it... Portillo's straight snoring right now. I love it. He's just a weird... Well, it's not because he's asleep. It's just because he's choking himself out. Because, like, it doesn't matter that this is completely... There's no no reason he should try to sleep like this. But he won't leave me. So he's like, I don't care that this is kind of killing me. I'll do this, whatever. God. Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. But, yeah. They've done it before. And, like, I don't think somebody could sue you for just using portals. Yeah, they could. They really could. Seeing as how we live in an industry, right, where, like... Uh, Phoenix Rage had to change its name because Rage was in it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of that stuff going on. Also, I think the biggest thing is that it, those games are not just good because they have portals. Those games are obviously amazing because of the design and the Humor. philosophy behind yeah, yeah. them and all of it. It's like it's such a such a package, and it's the puzzles are just pinnacles of game design. So it's like just doing it again. I don't think necessarily would would be the right choice. I hope there's a Portal Three. That'd be amazing. I would love there to be a Portal 3. Game. Of course, in Lego Dimensions, the level pack is a brand new Portal thing, new voice work, new stuff, new song at the end. Like That's highly recommended. Wolf AD 47. How big do you think Pokemon Go will be? Basically, could it be as big as Clash of Clans where even your parents who don't game are playing it? I don't think it'll be that. I mean, I think Pokemon definitely has kind of a, a way of transcending ages and whatever, but it's like, I don't think like parents are going to be playing Pokemon Go. Um, I think it's going to be really big. Like it's it's kind of a no brainer, right? You like if you look at Pokemon sales numbers, that's a franchise that is just killing. I think it just crossed two hundred million total. Mm-hmm. Um, those are numbers. Those are real numbers. You know, they're talking about the three DS um, lifetime sales for games, and like obviously Pokemon X and Y number one. You look at the sales numbers for Pokemon on the GBA, and they're just like it's ridiculous how high they are compared to everything else. Pokemon um, has not waned in popularity, yeah, like ever. You know, it just continues to be this behemoth. Um, and I think that the idea of a Pokemon game on mobile that is fun and is kind of a unique ish idea of using uh, the, the AR and all that stuff, um, depending on price and all that stuff, I think that it could be really big. As big as Clash of Clans? No. No, because Clash of Clans. Because this is so is... much easier. Just doing this on your phone is so much easier. And then, like, doing this whole augmented reality thing is a step that's going to be a barrier to entry yep. for a lot of people. I think Clash of Clans is one of those perfect storm games of it's designed to be successful. You know, um, it's not designed to be a good game. It's sure. designed to it's, be successful. To make money. Yeah, yeah. yeah to get and going. And I think that that's the, it's, it's designed to be quick, addictive, and to just grow that sure. way. So Pokemon Go is going to be a bit more of a game. Quantum Conundrum that's was the was. game we were looking yes. for. Yes. From Kim Swift. Kim Swift? Drive me cr- that was going to drive me crazy. I'm glad I got there in the end. Psycho sicko psycho sicko. What's going on with the division? I keep reading about these exploits and hacks that people have been abusing, right? It's not just once but multiple times I find myself reading about a solution for the problem and a week later They find more problems. Do you think the divisions in danger of losing its community if this persists? I do I'm still a member of the division reddit proud So every morning when I'm looking through reddit and every night before I go to bed when I'm looking at reddit so many posts of people angry and that they're gonna leave and this is happening and They can't believe there was some guy just last night. I was looking at who's like I reported these people with a video for hacking and they're still there and dot, dot, dot. it's like it's of course, as you all know, there is a vocal minority of negativity on the Internet. And there's also a lot of hyperbole. So the people who are popping up to say I'm done with the game, probably not done with the game. But you do start to erode from that where it's like especially figure when the new destiny stuff hit so many people jump back to destiny so then you had it boiled down here. And now if it is totally broken or seemingly even right optically me a division fan who still keeps isn't hasn't been playing but is keeping his eyes open to what's happening it seems like it's totally fucked right now so when they announce the next thing 
the next expansion, the next whatever, is it going to be in my head? And I'm sure it'll be in a lot of people's head of like, well, sure, I could go do it, but I know these people have whatever, 2 million DPS because they use that glitch and this. And like, yeah. is it worth going in the dark zone anymore? Like, I would say no, probably, right? Because sh- I'm probably going to get my head kicked in by somebody who's running around fucking around. Yeah. It seems like that's where it's at. And there's yeah, all these different exploits. Shit, yeah, man. totally. Reverse Flash says, hey, guys, with all the new modern features we have with games these days, trophies and achievements, yeah, online profiles, yeah, yeah. Higher, higher quality graphics and frame rates, etc. Do you guys ever find it difficult to go back and play older games? For mm-hmm. example, I find it very difficult to motiv- motivate myself to play a game that does not have trophies. I feel trophies have changed the way I play games. And for me to go back and play something like Final Fantasy 12 again, for example, it would need to have trophies and get an HD remake. How do you guys feel about going back? I agree 100%. I think that is a big part of it where... Uh, I don't I'm not proud of it, but like yeah trophies. I mean yeah trophies have Made it where I feel I Here's the way to slice it. I have a finite amount of time to play video games, right? And even though trophies are stupid and don't mean anything and are just an e-penis I like chipping away and adding to the number and seeing my percentage grow So when it does come down of like oh man, I haven't played this game and it's oh, but it's a PSP classic Oh, it's a P it's it's the PS2 classic without the real PS2 classic now that they, they started doing it. it's a PS1 game, right? Like if there's not that little bit of motivation and it's just a little bit there are dozens of yeah. games that I, I have on my backlog that I have on the system things that sound cool these indie experiences I haven't had a shot with and so if I've already lived this long not having played this game from the PlayStation 1 era, do I really need to jump in and play it now? Yeah, I I agree with you in the sense that there's a weird desire, uh, a a weird delineation between games that count and games that don't count based on arbitrary factors. Like, whenever I'm I'm like, I got my Vita, I'm on a plane, I'm like, what am I going to play? Right. The decision usually boils down to is this worth talking about? Yeah. You know, like, am I going to have something to talk about on Gamescast or on one, a different show or even talk? Cause our lives are content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, even though I want to play a lot of these games, like Final Fantasy tactics, like I still haven't played it re- yeah. really. Um, and Colin makes it sound like I love it. I like Final Fantasy, love fire emblem. Final Fantasy tactics sounds like a perfect version of them. So I'm like, I should, but every time I go to play it, I have it downloaded and I've played maybe a couple hours of it. But every time I go back, I'm like, Oh, I should probably, you know, do this or do this. Or There's do this. a big thing. And this is, I, I, I don't even think it's, I don't even know if it's so much unique to us. Cause I think the viewers and listeners feel it too. Right. Is that in our hobby, this industry being a fan, there's such, there's a, there's a currency to being current. To, hey, I could play this game that just came out on the PlayStation 4. Like, there's a whole bunch of new ones. Well, this, have you seen, heard about this one where, uh, uh, magic something or other, but where you are the main, you, your character is a character in an unfinished RPG, I believe what it is. And you're exploring this world that isn't finished and trying to get around. And like, mm. I'm like, that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. And I can, if I get a chance to play that this weekend, I'll have a games cast thing to talk about and come talk about something new or that, that people don't know about. Whereas if I go home and I keep playing chrono trigger, which is a, Amazing game, mm-hmm. fantastic game that I started over Thanksgiving when I had nothing else to play. If I go and play that, that's not really, that's not adding to the conversation because I feel like who you don't need me to tell you Chrono Trigger's awesome, and nobody's sitting around right now going, oh, you know, man, I would love to talk about Chrono Trigger. I what Greg Miller thinks about Chrono exactly. I, I, it's it's more of a value to me to be able to say this new game for PlayStation is awesome, yeah. and I think in our audience is the same way. I feel like where they do podcasts and they have friends and da da da, and it's like sure, there's retro podcasting and all the different stuff, but. 
the value to it is being able to be current and even yeah. that that comes in with trophies because trophies are building on this currency of like okay well now i'm level 26 with 26 percent of the mm-hmm. you know blah, 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 blah. yeah there's a game that uh, a demo came out for it a couple days ago i think it's called neo yeah yeah and uh, yeah, yeah. it's it's like very animusha-esque yep. i'm hearing it's animusha meets dark souls um and i'm not really i'm not a dark souls guy definitely but you love that am animusha. an animusha guy so and looking at it, i'm like fuck i want i definitely want to play this I de- I have no time to play it. Sure. I wish I did because I, I want to and I want to talk about it. But it's like if I miss the window of the next week playing it, um, one I think it is off the PSN by next week. But also, um, I'm not. I'm just not going to. Like, yeah. There's like it's not that there's no point, but I feel like there's no. Point. It's also. I mean, this also comes down to stuff with your taste. When we talk about this all the time, I feel like there's like a checklist and like a rundown of like order of importance on what you're going to play. So like for sure, trophies are on there, but it's like Battleborn, right? Mm-hmm. Like Battleborn. Whenever I talk about it, whenever I see like, you want to talk about fucking developers who are like they fucking love their product and they want you to give it a shot like Gearbox. Like I went and did the panel with them. Right. And like they weren't talking to sell you on it. They were just talking about like all the blood and sweat and tears that went into this and how proud of it they are. And like they're lower and da, da, da. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want to play Battleborn now because I, I want I like where you, who you are and what you're talking about. And, I, you know, I loved Borderlands, obviously. And but it's Battleborn. I'm you know going to get. And I'm going to put in and I'm going to do a couple rounds of it. And if it's like, oh, this is very MOBA-y or, oh, this just, I don't have a character. Like, it's over, yeah. right? Like, because that's in this, you know, we're always very clear that, like, we we're lucky enough to get so many games for free. So we're in this thing. But I know talking to our viewers, they're the same way in terms of stuff they've bought, right? Where it's like, cool, if I don't enjoy this, it's on to the next thing because I have so many, my backlog is huge. How many, yeah. you know, I mean, we do these hangouts with the, the, the people from Patreon and you look at their, their lit and like all their games are wrapped in cellophane because they're the same crazy people we are where it's like, yeah, I want that code. Yeah, I want that game. Yeah, I will buy this game. You know, I went through it. Like the other night, I'm downloading a bunch of stuff, right? And it's all taking way too long. I was like, "Oh, right, all those uh, the Pac Man and Galaga and all that." I went and bought mm-hmm. those because mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I want to play those. And I did like what yeah. seven minutes of Galaga, and then I was like, "All right, I'm good. This is I'm yeah, th- yeah this is fine." Uh, to go back to the, the question though about the the playing older games, sure. I think for me, I love older games like that. They're I don't think I'm ever going to love new games as much as I love old games. That's sure, just some, that's who I am. Coming of age, um, there's attachment to it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it, it is weird going back, though, for a bunch of little reasons when they add up. It's it's that, you know, the gestalt of them all uh, that causes the issue because I, I'm fine playing them. But it's like, oh, man, the loading is kind of bad. Yep. And then it's like, oh, man, the unskippable cutscenes. Like, why? Yeah. It's like all these I like, need this, archaic I need, things. Oh, I got to go find this fucking save point. Where was the save, save point? Save points, right? Yeah. And it's like it's all or memory cards not working yeah. or your save file being deleted. Like all these problems that, well, besides that, don't happen anymore. Alienation. <laughs> Um, and it's if it was just one of those things, it wouldn't be that bad. But it is the fact that that's what game design right. used to be. So it's all of them on top of each other. Ugh, no bueno. Um, you know what? We're gonna stop there. Bye. That topic brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating your website in Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse, and Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free for a year. Design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. 
You know, Greg, I don't like them plugins. I hate plugins. They complicate the stuff. Yeah, the plugins and the drivers. Yep. They're, they're all drivers. the same. <laughs> From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops to the original kind of funny website, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners around the world, including all the tools you'll need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace offers 24-7 customer support, and every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace worker working in a Squarespace office. That's service right there, Greg. Because a lot of it's time. It ain't that at all. I hate that shit. When you call somebody and they're like clearly like at a they call have no center. no idea oh, what they're talking about. Yeah. No. Come on, bros. No matter how technical your problem or trivial seeming your question, one of our teams always there to online. Is always online to assist you. One of our team is always there to online. <laughs> Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter code kind of funny to get 10% off your first purchase. Get ready for this one, Greg. Squarespace. Set your website apart. You should. You should. Um, I'm really bad about taking notes. You're doing fine. Look at this. You got horrible penmanship, but you got the numbers down. That's all that really matters. The numbers are all wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this game cast extravaganza. This was fun. This was good. You want to do an exclusive episode for patreon.com slash kind of funny games? All right. You and me one on one again. You want to do the topic where we're talking about that there's too many games and is that a good or bad thing? Yeah. Okay. What that means for us. Sure. That we kind of got into it a lot there at the end. We'll extend this topic we just did. It'll be great. You guys want to hear us talk more? No, I see. see yeah. Mine's different. It's different. You got a whole bunch of different things. I got. I'm not going to talk about the old stuff. I'm going to talk about trophies. I got different things to say about. If not, we do that other one I gave you. The other one that you said wasn't a full one. If we if we, if we start into that t- the topic for the yeah. exclusive game cast, you're like, oh, that wasn't good. Then we just bounce off that other one. Okay. See you next time. Love you. Bye. I'm going to sneeze. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, what's happening with you? I don't think I'm going to anymore. Okay. My body shut down the sneezing with the ribs. Ooh, like yeah. Oh no. And like, and then I, like this. And now that I'm feeling a little bit better. I like I've done the one, right? Like do the one sneeze, and the body's like, that was a mistake. No, you don't have any more. Don't worry about it.